1: Texas and AK Mike in Texas.
0: And how goes it this uh, week? Uh, We are back from Holly Springs finally. I guess everybody made it back home.
2: Yeah, I made it back home. I uh, did uh, pretty much safe and sound. (laughs) Yeah, it was actually a fun event.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it was actually a really fun event. I had uh, I had a good time. I think Mike was surprised. Hopefully,
1: (laughs) I definitely was. Yeah, I I think you can see that in the YouTube uh, video. Was, well, I, hey, you guys I are showed here. It. I think I said something silly like that. You
0: did. You said that. hey, you guys are here. And uh, anyway, it was funny because I showed it to uh, my wife. In case you don't know, we uh, videotaped it, right? We put it on a and YouTube we channel. Put on the we're YouTube officially, the Park Flyer podcast is officially has a YouTube channel. Uh, that's the only video right now. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're trying to figure out how to get it all to work. But if you haven't seen it, go to YouTube. Uh, look up the Park Flyer podcast. I think we posted it on our uh uh, Park Flyer Podcast listeners group on Facebook as well. So uh, go over there, give us a like, uh, you know, subscribe, and uh, we're going to try and put some episodes uh, on YouTube if we can uh, have uh, somebody help us with that. You know, figure it out how to put the full hour on to YouTube. So uh, that way, if you're a YouTube subscriber and you know you're on your computer and you can listen to it while you're surfing the internet, we appreciate that. So uh, having said all that, we uh, we did. Um, I showed it to my. Spouse, you know my wife, and uh she didn't think you were that surprised, Mike. She's like, "Oh, uh, really? well, well, compared to well, Doug, you know, Doug uh, was, Doug I was like, to, like jumping heck?
1: up and down and uh, waving my hands. <laughs>
0: well, oh my god!
2: You were more like. Well, subway, it wasn't. It wasn't like Sir, we pl- you, you know subway. we planned oh, for
0: you to be surprised. <laughs> exactly. But no, it just. Uh, I, I,
1: I don't think it, it was on that video, but I but I had said I was just talking about you guys being there it's like yeah it's too bad they couldn't just jump on a plane and come on over i mean it would be great i, it, yeah, I was, was just was talking fun. about it like minutes before yeah so so i funny. guess it, that's probably why because in my mind i was like yeah it'd be great if they just showed up
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, here we were and then you were yeah. i know right well it was a good uh, episode that we uh, did we luckily got two episodes out of it it was a long day but uh, we had fun um we finally made it back and everything uh, is back to normal i think uh, however, I will tell you that at the very tail end, uh, if you haven't seen the video, I won't spoil it. But at the tail end of the of the video that we posted on YouTube, uh, Jay and I kind of let the cat out of the bag that we went to the field and forgot some stuff. So uh, anyway, well, we, that's the story we wound up. It's the story up, of our lives. I know, right? We always went. We're going to have and, to change I was down the name of the podcast. I know, the forgetfulness. Uh, but anyway, I spent, you know, I spent the two weeks down there with Jay and, uh, we, we kind of spent a few days before and then uh, we went to the Holly Springs, uh, the Wings over Springs event. Then we came back and we had, you know, four or five days to kind of, to kill. I had to come back on Friday. And so Jay and I decided, you know, on Thursday we were going to go out there and we totally forgot to finish out the podcast. We wound up uh, going out there and, you know, trying to fly some stuff and, you know, left and wing bags and whatever batteries and stuff back at the house and then the next day I was leaving it was on Friday morning and so Jay and I decided that we were going to grab the stuff that we left and throw it in the trailer because we had just finished your trailer we did Um, we finished putting the shelving in and getting everything all kind of rigged in there where it uh, could take more than just one airplane and uh, everything turned out really cool we'll have to get him to post some photos on our uh, listeners so, now I,
1: so now I have a place to stay when I come over to
2: Jason's? Right. There you go. You, you can sleep in the sleep trailer. You not sleep outside anymore. You can actually be undercover. <laughs> oh, that's
0: cool. Yeah, the hammock, I'm and really we can move it that. into the trailer. Although I will tell you that I was working inside that trailer. It was hot. He had to go get a fan and, and kind of stand there with the fan on me, but uh, it was really, really hot. But anyway, it uh, has two shelves in it, and uh, you can put it on there. We threw the turbo beaver in there and, and struck out to the field. Luckily, Jim uh, was out with us. He um, made it out and brought some airplanes. Got to fly a couple of, uh, you know, of the L-39 a couple of times, I think, there, Jay. And yep, uh, he flew his Zaggy and, and we flew his new EDF, too. Jim picked up an EDF. Oh, that's right. That's printer. right. He sure did.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. He picked up another So I was ours. able to help
0: him maiden it when we were there. And we got that thing all trimmed out and, and flying good. Uh, and then well, we Well, not
2: exactly, because we did have some problems with it. If you remember, we did. It, it was no, we did. it was a little squirrely, and we were both kind of wondering why that was. Because usually, most things from motion RC, you know, they may have a, a, a little issue here or there, but this thing was kind of wonky. If you remember, yes.
0: Yeah, so uh, Jim brings it out, and he says, "Hey, I've got this EDF, and I want you to maiden it." And I'm like, "Yeah, no problem. I've been flying the uh, JZL39 probably what eight or nine times that morning, sure. anyway." We, cause we took the generator out there and we were just kind of charging batteries. So we, we were flying it and then, uh, you know, Jim puts it all together and he says, okay, I want, I want you to maiden it and get it all up to speed. And then I want a buddy box with you. Cause I've never owned an EDF before, which I, I don't, I think that's what he said, yes. right? He's never right. owned one. Correct. So, um, you know, I tossed it, he, or actually Jay tossed it in the air. It actually took off. It flew really well to begin with, um, but it did have, you know, some characteristics that were kind of strange. I, if if I tried to do something like a real steep turn, or or uh, you know, I was cruising down and and I would give it control inputs, the the airplane would kind of do some funky things, like just pitch to the ground. And so I told Jay, I was like, ah, I don't, something's not right with this. And so I finally got it all trimmed out. Um, we I went ahead and buddy boxed, uh, and, and and now I did all that without the gyro. It had a gyro on, right? It did have a gyro. he put a a lemon gyro in it yep. so uh yeah, so anyway uh I turned the I got it all trimmed out, turned the gyro on, and the airplane was flew beautifully straight and level once you started messing with the control inputs though to go up down left, right, it started kind of fighting you, and I was kind of like, oh, that's weird. So I turned the gyro way down, like almost off. You know, I turned the pots down. I turned the the gain down. And it, it, it would fly on the gyro and, you know, it seemed to be as long as you were straight and level or just going into a nice gentle turn. But when you were in the turn and you started kind of pulling hard or trying to roll it or whatever, it did some really funky stuff. And it, and if I recall, I rolled it and it just did this real weird loopy roll. Didn't It wasn't axial at all, oh. which was kind of weird for me. So uh, anyway, they came down and uh, we put uh, the buddy box together and I let Jim, you know, basically buddy box on me. And he, I, um, Jay launched it, I flew it around and then I said, okay, if you're ready, I'll, you know, give it to you. And so Jim flew it left and right, you know, trying to control it. And he and I were talking about how to fly an EDF and, you know, adding power in the corner so it didn't stall, that kind of thing. And it's just a little park flyer. I think it's a 70 millimeter, 60 millimeter maybe.
2: Uh, Jay. I think it, I think it's like 60, 65 millimeter, uh, right. You know, it's
0: the, it's from motion RC, yeah. so you can go look at it, but it's just their it's little just like Panther their little for the Panther. park and it doesn't have landing gear or nope, anything nope. like that. It's just a yanking bank. Um, yeah. So anyway, there's no rudder, no rudder on rudder it or nothing. anything. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So anyway, I told Jay, I was like, well, Hey, why don't you fly it? You know? And Jay's was like, Oh, okay. So he jumped on the sticks and how'd it feel?
2: Yeah. Well, <laughs> it was, like you said, when you're flying straight and level, it was fine. When you got into the corners or you pulled hard because like I said, it's there's no rudder. You it's just yank and bank. So if you got into a corner and you pulled hard, it just did some weird things like
0: it tried to roll over on itself. Kinda.
2: Or it kind of pitch, o- pitch pitch it, over. It just was it just was weird. So it was just one of those things. So anyway, I'm flying it around. I, I, I'm just doing real gentle on the sticks. It seems to fly great. And that was the weird thing. It would just fly great. The, the gyro seemed to be working well. It wasn't like the, there was too much gain in it, you know, or too less, too little gain. The gain seemed to be just about right. So, anyway, I was kind of coming around, and I said, okay, I'm going to bring it in. And I flew out, and there's a little bit of a cornfield uh, by the field that we're at. And I'm flying over right. the field, and I'm just kind of coming down, and I, 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 I don't have much power in it. It's just kind of coming down the glide slope. And I'm about at that 15-ish foot high level. And I go to bring in the power uh, to get me to the field, and then the plane just pitched over, and just went over. And I and I and I cut the throttle, and I try to push out of it, but the plane goes wham right into the cornfield. And I'm like, what the <laughs> hell just happened? And Mike's and like, j- What'd you uh, do? All right, that's it. And Jay I'm doesn't John- play. Anybody
1: else has played,
2: <laughs>
0: right? Oh, dude, I know, right? Back. Because this he had just flown. This? He had just flown your fundraiser and did almost identically the same thing. And uh, Jim was kind of like, "Well, that didn't last long, you know," because you just heard this incredible smack. I mean, it was a horrible sound. I mean, you just all of us, and it disappeared into the corn. And all of us were looking at each other, and Jay's just like, "Oh, you know," I mean, he's hanging his head. Because and look, so I we started do, walking you know, like over I
2: said, there. I didn't touch anything. You know, I'm just. just letting the plane just do its thing and come in I give it some more power and like I said it just nosed right the hell over and I'm like what is and and it
0: was it was almost violently looking right? you know I mean it was the the fundraiser was nice and smooth just this arc into the ground (laughs) this thing actually like almost tumbled itself into the the cornfield and made this horrific noise, yeah. and we, we thought for sure there was foam everywhere.
2: So we get over there, we find it, we find it in the field, and luckily there was enough corn and just oh, Jim had added a bunch of reinforcement to the plane that maybe it had right. just a little small dent in the leading edge, but other than that it was perfectly fine. So um, wow. I was relieved because you know I thought I had to buy yeah. another plane, but. Uh, <laughs> We bring it out, and, I, and we're just scratching our heads, and we, we, we're we trying to figure out, because the plane just fl- it flies okay, and then it just flies wonky. Flies okay, then it flies mm-hmm. wonky, and we couldn't figure out what was going on. And I, was it, you were talking about something about uh, AK Mike, and then it hit you, Mike, or was it something that I said to you? I can't remember. You know, it
0: was that you guys were having a conversation. We all kind of took a break. I was sitting in the chair, and you know how you kind of sit there, and you're just kind of going through? And I'm thinking to myself, because I'm like, holy smokes, you know I mean? Jay's a really good pilot. There should have been no reason why that airplane just pitched out of control. And so I'm, I'm in my head, I'm just going through everything. You know, there's no rudder. <laughs> there's no propeller. You know, it's an EDF. There's only ailerons, and I think he had those wide. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's hardly anything to uh, this airplane. And I don't know why you guys were talking about I don't even remember what you guys were talking about. But all of a sudden, I just looked up. And I said, uh, hey, Jim, did you take that receiver out of another airplane? And he said, yeah. And I go, it's in the Delta configuration, isn't it? It's in the Delta wing, not a regular, um, you know, aileron, elevator, rudder, normal configuration. And I stood up, walked over there, opened opened it up and looked down in there, and sure enough, the dip switches that are on that lemon – were all in the delta wing configuration. Yeah,
2: because he took it out of the Polaris, which is is just a delta wing.
0: So we had been flying this airplane expecting it to react like a normal airplane. So when he put one control surface in, it would actually move the elevator, ailerons, rudders, and all that stuff. No rudder, but ailerons in the elevator would move like they would on a delta wing. So I was well, like, and, okay. And the
1: interesting idea there is that uh, half of the controls will work properly. In other words, uh, in, correct in one uh, the up the up would be go fine, or the down would go fine, but the up wouldn't.
0: Correct. Right. Or yeah. the same with the ailerons. Wow. The ailerons you could go one wow. way, but if you went the right. other way, it would add elevator. You'd change and that the elevator. was yeah. right. And that was the problem: is that if we were flying, you know, in a right-hand turn circle it seemed to – or actually, good. it was a left-hand turn. If we were flying a left-hand it's, turn circle, it went fine. But when Jay turned around and flew right-hand circle,
1: pitch it down, was – Pitch down, pitch yes, down, Yes, it was pitching, wow. pitching,
0: pitching, and, and Jay was like, what the – and that just happened to be he was in this low right-hand, right-hand turn. turn, and when he wow. you know tried to correct it, it just went right in the ground, which is – now that I'm thinking about it, sitting there looking out at it, you know, I was basically going through his sequence, you know, as I was looking at downwind, and I'm thinking, why did that do that? So, sure enough, we uh, jumped online. I actually got the the manual and said, okay, this is what it should be, and so we popped the dip switches back to where they should be, uh, plugged it in, and dun, 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 oh, dun. what a difference. <laughs> okay, now, What a um, difference it made.
1: So, one for one for Mike, one for Jay. Yep. Mike Barcelona. That is correct. And one for Jay, <laughs> and uh, so Mike, you just, you're the only one who hasn't done it yet.
0: Uh, done the uh, dip switch thing or the f- yeah. the crash.
1: Yeah, <laughs> no, the dip switch thing.
0: <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what? well, luckily for me, I'm uh, you know, most of my airplanes now have the demon cortexes in them, so I I haven't yeah. used the limit in quite some time. And that's actually when I looked down in there, I it didn't dawn on me until. And, and maybe that's what it was. I was thinking about your airplane, the fundraiser, because I was thinking, you know, gosh, that did a. I, I kind of mirrored in my in the back of my head. It kind of matched what what yours did and what the EDF did at the same time. And I think that's probably what what kind of triggered that little memory is that I was like, wait a second, that looked a lot like the fundraiser when Mike and I flew it. And then I remembered you had a lemon receiver too, and we had, you know. Had it in the the same configuration, so right, luckily, right. luckily, Jim was like, "Oh my gosh, that was awesome!" You know that I don't know how you remembered that or how you knew that, and I'm like, "Dude, I I literally had I left the day before, it would have, you know, I would have left it like that. These guys would have been flying that thing, you know, wonky the whole time, but it just don't not on for me. long.
2: No, <laughs> not, no, not it wouldn't have been for long
0: because. Because it, it was a little, it wasn't, you know, a handful going one way versus the other way. So, you um, you know, it would have been weird. I'm sure Jay would have figured it out eventually. but Yeah, looking at anyway, the remains of the wreckage, yeah. hey,
2: look, there's, there's the problem. I know, right? <laughs> hey,
0: we, we found a problem. So, all right, so that's the lesson is if you're flying a lemon receiver or any gyro, make sure your position on your dip switches or in your configuration are properly default. matched to the type of aircraft that you okay, want to fly.
1: Okay, so I'm going to stop you right there. Because okay. this also means that you did not check the surfaces properly when you were doing left and right. You didn't look at the elevator also because you would have spotted it. No,
2: that's that's incorrect. No, because that I checked was the, I checked the plane before I flew. Well why it's is that? Right. If you if you were to check the controls, they worked correctly. Okay? No. Now. They right. wait,
0: wait, wait, wait. You gotta go back to what we said though, remember when I test flew it. I turned everything way down. So the control surfaces on the EDF were so small that it didn't really show up. It's very similar oh, to I yours. See. Remember, when the we did yours, sharp. we had them on high rates and a high gain. So yours actually went, hey, why is the elevator going up? <laughs> we're putting ailerons in, you know. But uh, yeah. his, the little EDF, the, it only moves, you know, an uh, eighth of an inch or something because it's an EDF. So it's very similar in to yours.
1: And high rate or low uh, rate? W- he didn't have a high rate. Yeah, he, he had one rate.
2: rate. Oh, one rate. So it was just the lower rate. And, and plus, here, so he just, here's the other thing. you right. have it, it You, you got to remember. So I I do the elevator on, You know, elevator right. It goes right. You do it left, left. You know, up, up, down, down. You know. But I'm looking at those things when I turn. You know, oh right, 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 right. Right. And we mentioned that on that a I go right, and then the elevator. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying is that you guys really didn't look at both elevators. No. Correct.
0: Whenever you're
1: using a gyro. That's the better way to do it, right? We we just kind of went through our our best practices or whatever.
0: Well, and it wasn't until we turned the gyro on where it was compensating for that that you really notice it. But, yes, you are correct. You need to do a surface check. And when you go full up elevator, look at your ailerons too make sure they're not moving because that's what what a delta wing would have done one way versus the other. So needless to say, we uh, got it fixed, and uh, Jim flew it couple times and was having a blast with that it was a lot better it Um, was a
2: lot easier to fly after
0: that oh yeah well and the gyro once we flipped the gyro on now it wasn't really like out of control kind of thing trying to correct for itself because let me tell you that was some weird corrections when we had the gains way up (laughs) it was doing some really funky things i mean it got away and i was like whoa and i turned the gyro off and actually saved it once or twice because it just wanted to depart control flight so anyway uh that was a crazy story but we got it figured out so anyway, the uh, after all of that, uh, Jay says, hey, let's fly the Turbo Beaver.
2: Yeah, because the day before, we we brought it out and forgot all the pieces for it, at least the wing.
0: Right, I forgot the wing bag. We
2: forgot to left the wing bag at the house.
0: Which is, yeah, which you'll see on the video. Anyway, we, uh, <laughs> we uh, pulled it out. Jay, you know, put it all together. Or I put it together. Somebody put it together. And then uh, Jay was charging batteries, and we got it all in and plugged it in, and something wasn't
2: right. Right, so the uh rudder wasn't working correctly,
0: I think well, nothing was working initially. didn't we have to rebind it?
2: yes, we did have to rebind it,
0: yeah, yeah, so nothing was working, and then you kind of rebound
2: and then the uh rudder the rudder wasn't working, and it pulled out of the uh the extension elevator uh, the elevator that's right, it had pulled out of the extension, so I had to pull the uh pull that pull that uh servo out. Pull the uh, extension down, re-put it back together, tie it back so it was nice and firm, so it wasn't going to come apart, put it all back in. Then I put it in backwards. Then I had to take it out again, put it in right way. Finally got all that figured out, tested it all out. Everything was working. I give Mike the thumbs up, and I walked off, and I was, I don't know, working on something. And then he was out just test flying it and just kind of shaking it out. I was just trimming it out. So
0: Okay, so this is one of those things that we need to caution listeners to. If, so, if there's a control surface that's not working correctly and you think at the field you have figured it out, just put it back in the trailer. <laughs> Go back to the bench and really figure out what the problem is because whatever that problem could have been may not have been the actual problem. So the elevator was not working, right? And right. Jay goes, Oh, I, I know what it is. It's this extension. So he mashes them together, uses a zip, you know, tie wrap, and he ties them together, and it seems to be working fine. However, I get the airplane up. And I start flying. You know, it's it hasn't flown in what almost a year, I think, since the last time. No, not there. I've I've flown it it since
2: like like six months ago.
0: Okay, so he flew it six months ago, whatever. But he took the receiver out of it, and now we have to rebind it. So we got all that done, and now I just want to go up and try to get everything trimmed up again because he did remove the elevator servo and the arm and all that stuff, so I'm going to have to get it trimmed. So I fly just a straight line, you know, down the field, make a nice turn, straight line down the field, make a turn, straight line. Now it's flying hands off. Perfect. Everything looks good. Cobb the power. Just pull vertical, you know. I'm about to just kick it into gear and do the vertical rolls up. Right as it got to the vertical and I went to go roll it, Nothing. I got nothing about 35 or 40 feet in the air. It's going vertical at full power and I have no controls, none. So typical of anything else, it gets, uh, about, you know, another 40, 40 or 50 feet up and it loses energy. I think the motor did stop at that point, or at least, you know, I thought it was going, but I don't think it was. I think it was just spinning and then the airplane rolls on its back comes down in a perfect nose down attitude i mean uh, it was a it was a really nice ham, you know wing over kind of looking thing it just fell over on its back coming straight down straight down to the ground i am pulling back on the pushing the elevator back and forth back and forth i'm no, like no, no 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 as it's coming down in slow motion jim goes whoa chase <laughs> got his back to it and that's it No controls, crunch. It hit the ground totally vertical, coming straight down. And now you can see, well, the listeners can't see, but Mike can see that uh, there's a big pile of balsa wood in the background. I was devastated.
1: Very sad.
0: It was very sad uh, because that was a gift to Jay. Uh, However, Jay, being such a good sport, was like, what would you say, Thou givest, and thou takest away. <laughs> Take
2: it away. That's right. You gave it to me a gift. You were flying. You took it away.
0: But I feel terrible because that was Richard
2: it. Houston, and that's what you get for ruining Mike's plane.
0: That's what he said. <laughs> that's not what I said. How do you like it? <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't like it all, Mike. The problem Learned is me. he was able to fix yours. There's no physical way I was going to be able to fix it. I don't care if I had every piece of Gorilla Glue, you know, balsa wood. There's no way. That thing was in balsa no. dust it hit hard so we uh you know i was devastated because that's the first crash i've had in a long time you know knock on wood that's i've been really lucky don't you know don't say that i'm good i'm just lucky haven't had a major you know accident where i've lost an an airframe i've kind of dinged one up or hit a wingtip or whatever but you know popped the tail the uh, the tail wheel off of it but Uh, but other than that, it's, you know, I was devastated. So I I was feeling really bad and to make matters worse, I'm leaving that afternoon. Right. So I'm about to go hop on a plane and come back home and we picked it all up, put it in the trash bag. And then I told, you know, Jay's like, well, what happened? I'm like, I don't know. I, I had no controls. And even Jim was like, yeah, he was banging those sticks left and right, trying to get something to move and it wouldn't move. I didn't have power or nothing. And so I said, maybe it was at first I thought it was just the elevator servo which is had come undone right right but it, was it had come it. undone again and so that's why i said if it's if it's the control surface not working especially the elevator don't fly it go figure out what the problem is because we took the uh, elevator so we popped the elevator servo out of the uh receiver and plugged it into a servo tester it worked fine so it was working perfect what wasn't working perfect though jay uh it looked like we had a co- a cold solder joint on yeah. the ex- on the esc so we yep. have a castle creations in there, the, where the where at it's, the battery
1: uh-huh. thought or or yeah, the
0: at the battery. Oh, oh bummer. And and the bummer part about it is is that we had a separate BEC on there as well, but we had it. it it's basically soldered in at the same joint. So now the BEC didn't get any power from the battery either. Otherwise, I would have been able. I mean, the motor could have quit. No big deal. I would have just floated it down and landed it. But because I had no, no BEC to run all the controls, the receiver died, everything died. And so when we got down and Jay picked up the, uh, the parts, he picked up the ESC, and we, we're holding the red wire, and the red wire doesn't have one drop of solder on it, not one. It just was, like, plugged wow. into the hole. So, so anyway, wow. uh, lesson learned that, you know, if there is something out at the field that doesn't feel right, Put it back in the trailer, go back to your shop, try to figure it out. It's the best advice I can give you. Yeah. And you know what? I honestly, I do that here. I don't know why I didn't do it there. Jay and I both are pretty, pretty good about it. We did it, you know. You know,
2: I I, kind of understand why we did it because we forgot the stuff the day before. Right. Right. And it's your last day. And I was like, come on, let's fly this sucker. Right. You know, let's get, you know, so it was just one of those, you know, we just got that both of us got that peer pressure come on let's fly let's fly let's get to flying this thing blah 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 and you know and, and i think as well as
0: the last time i was there mike he uh he had it ready to go and then it wasn't working because the tail was messed up or something and so the last you know time i showed up in texas i didn't get the flight so he was kind of like yeah let's fly it this time and i got everything fixed for you and and i was really excited because you know I everything was working and I got it all trimmed up and then it just, it was devastating. So unfortunately I had to leave, uh, that pretty much sealed our deal. I think I flew the L 39 one more time and then I think Jay flew it. And then at we, least that's, that yeah, I
2: wanted
1: to ask about the L 39. Yeah. Uh, how did those landing gear work after, you know, we did that. We, re,
2: yeah, we sort so of did a rebuild on those. After, after we did that repair and we sanded them and, and got them so they weren't, uh, they weren't seizing up. So since that repair and you know kind of oiling them and stuff, they've been working great. I haven't had a problem with cool. It. That's good stuff. That's been working fine. I will tell you though that uh, Jay has some six thousand
0: milliamp batteries that, oh, yeah. that <laughs> for that port. Yeah, that are a little on the large side. And they're fifty five hundred. Are they fifty five? I thought they were six. Anyway, they're big batteries. I mean a five thousand milliamp is big, that's what I use. But he got these fifty five hundreds and they're real wide and real heavy. And when you put that sucker in there, you definitely know a difference. Definitely see a difference.
2: But it flies faster.
1: It flies faster or from a standpoint of it's heavier and you could tell the takeoff takes longer or what? Yeah,
0: the takeoff takes a lot longer. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> yes to both of those. Uh, the takeoff takes a lot longer to get off the ground than just the five thousand milliamps, which is surprising because it's only five hundred milliamps more. But the battery is bigger and heavier. And then when you come downhill, you know, like if you did a split S or if you did like a you know real high turn and then came down towards the field, you can literally hear it whistling. Man, that thing is moving. I told Jay, I said if you ever crash this thing, that battery's going to be in the next county. It's moving so fast. But uh, it does make for fun, you know low speed or being a high speed low pass kind of thing because it is moving pretty quick especially if you're coming down from out of altitude it it does pretty well uh but it slows down really fast
2: when you go vertical too so it's a lot of weight to be hauling around you, know, you when we were there you never got a chance to fly like in a windier gusty you know condition did you because we were it didn't it wasn't really gusty from what i remember it was no, really I remember it was uh, like no wind at all the whole time we were there almost so when I first flew that battery, it was really gust. I flew it on a really gusty day, and let me tell you, where it does help out is on those days, because you oh, know, sure. like some, if it's windy, that plane gets kind of blown around. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it helps having a little bit of a heavier battery. Sure. Uh, so uh, you you definitely notice the difference, and it takes it it take you know since we had no wind the whole time we were out then it had a, definitely an extended ex- uh, takeoff. On a windy day, it takes off. You know, nothing flat. If you drop the flaps, it comes right off the ground.
0: I know, but well, anyway, it was a good trip, and uh, you know, we got to fly a lot. I felt bad that uh, you know we had two crashes, with Mike's fundraiser, but uh, that got put back together. Have you flown it since? You've been back?
1: No, I haven't. It's been uh, no, it's been pretty windy up here. uh, So had some bad weather too. I think right. Did you have
0: some thunderstorms or bad weather or something out there?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been bad weather. Like I said, since Uh, since almost since the day I've been back, Uh, you know. And uh, unfortunately, my time went up to have really good days. Sure. Take my paramotor out usually. Ah, there you go. (laughs) So, uh, well, that's okay. I'm usually jonesing for the paramotor right at the moment. (laughs) So I do. I do a lot more of that. But but the good news about the rain and the bad weather is that uh, I've been working on that painting a little bit more. Right. How's that going? And it's going pretty good. Um, I. I think I'm done with it. Uh, I've done as much as I really want to do anymore. At this point, I've gotten tired of taping it and untaping it and taping it again and untaping sure. it. So, so uh, I put my last gold stripes on. I tried to put a gold letter B on there with a stencil, and it was actually working out really well. But the material that the stencil was made out of is plastic. And so when I sprayed it, it dripped from the stencil. Right. It was perfect right. on the spray on, but it dripped from the stencil. And I, I even did it from way back. You know that I, you know, took the ideas. It just sure. still was wet by the time it hit that stencil, and so I didn't. use an airbrush or a can? Yeah, I used an airbrush. Yeah.
0: Okay, you, you you had way too much paint coming out of there then.
1: No, I, like I said, I was way. It, it really was just uh, too wet when it hit that uh, when it hit that um, thing. So the stencil. So it just dripped. on. And so it ruined it. It ruined the... But oh. I so I don't know if I'm going to fix it or not. I, I might try to put some tape on it, and get some of that stuff off or whatever, and then paint the parts that get lifted. But I, I, I don't know. For, for right now, I think I'm going to aim at putting it together, and then maybe I'll fix it. Yeah, sure. Go out and fly
0: it. it, and get it all trimmed up, and then come back in there and yeah. you know, t- kind of tweak on it. But yeah, I think, I think yeah if you uh, I if you take it. packing tape, um, and, and if you're going to use a stencil, I'm gonna I'll let you know, you know, cause our listeners will know as well. But if you're going to use one of those, um, they call it frisket film, but it's like a plastic, uh, hard plastic uh, celloph- uh, yeah. cellophane, like an overhead projector. Uh, you know, it's clear. Yep. It, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you take that and you cut out your logo, which I think is what you did, and then you put it on there, you, you just have to hold it. The airbrush has to put such a small amount of paint out that you just barely see the paint going around. And, and you basically have to layer that, right, on the, on the outside of the, of the actual stencil itself uh, so light that every time you finish, that paint is already dry. That way you're not yeah. dripping it. If you get in there I and you might, pull a lot was, of paint through there, it's gonna, it's, it's I not gonna that stick. I think I might dry. have had
1: too much uh, thinner in it, and I think I might have had it might have. It was a pearlized one instead yes. of the other paint that I was using, so it had a little different characteristics to it too. Correct. So that's, that's probably what happened.
0: And if you have too much thinner in it, that'll do it too, because now it's more of a liquid yeah. than a paint. Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. Well, that makes more that's, sense. That's what I
1: think. That's what I think now, probably more more off more likely the case is that than anything. Now yeah, you have you, you you're different.
0: painting it on foam and it's EPP foam, right?
1: Uh yeah. Or EPO. EPS,
0: EPO, something like that. EPO. So EPO. if you took the clear packing tape that you just get at, you know, your depart or your department store, your hardware store, yeah, just a clear I know, pack tape and just it and stick stuff, it on there, it'll it, lift not only the gold but the blue underneath it as well. So it'll go right back yeah, to the that, white. Now the bad yeah. news about that is that if you've painted a really heavy coat on the blue and now you go back to yeah. paint it. You'll see a line yes. there where you pull the where you yeah. pulled
2: everything off.
1: Exactly. So so I don't know if I'm going to bother. I might I might just sand it instead. Uh, lightly sand it, mm-hmm.
2: and yeah, that might do work. That too. And you can lightly it sand, sand it and then paint a little bit of blue over it, and then and then do yeah. it again. So another yeah, thing, thing that you can bad do, bad. Mike, is you can take
0: uh, a black sharpie and just trace around the actual logo itself. That's a good idea. And then just take a like a a Q-tip and a dip blue. it in the blue, yeah. and then just touch around the outside.
1: That, now that's. Now, that's something I might consider doing. But yeah. again, I think I'm I'm ready to just see this thing fly. I've, I've been, you know. Yeah, we've uh, heard a lot
0: about it. We're interested to see it fly too.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, and the good news is that it's windy here, and that thing needs a little bit of power coming in. So, uh, and I don't typically fly that way, so that's going to be a hard habit to break. Yeah. Uh, but, I, but I know about it, and it needs power on the landing. Uh, but with it being windy, that will be helpful to making that happen properly yeah
0: sure because you'll have to keep the power in to, to get through the wind anyway yeah kind of penetrate the wind yeah so yep
1: yep yeah yeah
0: well and and that's good news too you know i mean because you can actually fly it and then you know test it out it, it'll be interesting because uh you know i want to hear how you got it set up how what how the maiden goes um you know so we're excited about that and you know, oh, yeah, me so. too.
1: And then this is coming the right time of year in Texas where the temperatures, you know, are reasonable for a human to stand outside for a while. Sure. And, you know, people still fly. Uh, because it's windy, it's not so bad, really, a lot of times. Right. Um, but, you know, if the sun's beaming right on you, it's it gets hot and it's can be uncomfortable. Uh, so this is a good time of year for the weather to be getting better. And, and so... Uh, both, I hope to see an uptick in my uh, paramotoring and my my RC flying. We'll there you go.
0: Well, I, I hear you on the weather. Uh, Phoenix had its first week where the temperatures never reached a hundred, so the temperatures broke, and now we're starting <laughs> to track down. I know that sounds weird, but you know, all summer long you've been over a hundred degrees. It's so and cold. <laughs> it is cold. I had to put my winter jacket on because it wasn't a hundred. Oh my god! But anyway, oh it was pretty god. funny. Well, uh, so what size battery? What size battery are you going to use in? In the jet.
1: It's
0: a twenty-two. Oh, a so you're you're using your standard twenty-two? Oh, yeah. gotcha.
1: That's that's why I got it. That's why I got it. It's well, actually get... it's actually similar in in uh, in powering to the A ten bus thing that I built. Oh I think right. We talked about this before. Sure. Um, and so so it's uh, you know going to fly a lot like that A ten in the sense of uh, power and the A ten you know it was sluggish because it's such a big plane and the way the wings are, are where they are at. Right. Um, and I imagine this plane will fly a lot like that A10, so I don't think it'll be too different from that because it's, it's not. It's probably lighter like, though, right? Do it probably is. It probably is lighter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're pretty close though. They're going to be pretty close in weight. Um, I, I did a I did a good job, I think, of keeping my A10 light as I could.
0: Sure. So, well, the good news is that uh, while you were at Wings Over Springs, you did you did get a twenty two hundred millimeter graphene battery.
1: Yeah, I used that the, to start my paramotor with too.
0: Oh, nice! Look at that. So the graphene battery actually will do really, <laughs> really well <laughs> in your paramotor well, and in your little uh, EDF jet. So uh, yeah. We're so it's, in... it
1: obviously it's the paramotor. It only is for the starter of the paramotor. Obviously not to fly it. Right. But um, the the interesting thing is we we've been I'm no battery expert guy, but I learned a lot more about batteries over that uh, trying to figure mm-hmm. out what the cranking apps of a battery are. Sure. And. Unfortunately, the C ratings aren't really very good on those batteries. A lot of the times, they they just sort of make up the C ratings. Right. And so, you um, but but you have to use the C bat the C rating to determine what the cranking amps are. Uh, and that uh, the uh, starter basically uses 635 watts, uh, which is like 60 amps. So you need about 60 or 70 amps cranking power to get that thing to turn over and stay turning over. Wow. And uh. And so, for a 2200 three-cell, you need uh, you need basically uh, a 50C battery. Well, actually, a 30C would probably do it, uh, but that's barely 60 amps. So you probably want some plus. And so, I'd say mm-hmm. a 40C or a 50C battery to do that kind of cranking amps. Um, so what I decided to do was just make a parallel adapter out of some um, XT60 connectors. Sure. And I'll just I'll just get my I'll get my juice from that. That will that will help me get what i need
0: Oh, that's pretty cool yeah well that's kind of neat that you're able to do them well best of luck on that we want to hear uh, as soon as you get that up in the air and uh and running so that uh gives us a an opportunity to hear how this goes so i'm sure it'll go fabulous (laughs) as jay says
1: uh (laughs) <laughs> yeah if there's uh if there's enough room in that uh in that fuse maybe i'll put those two batteries that i made that parallel adapter for in there too and see how that
0: there goes. you go so you fly it on the so would you fly it on a, so it on weight, a six though. cell yeah i probably would add a lot of a lot of weight no it'd so. be
1: a it'd be a three cell still just oh have just more a time.
0: 44 44 hundred yeah yeah forty-four yeah, hundred. well that's pretty cool well very very cool well, the uh, cool thing when I was uh, over at Jay's place is that, uh, you know, I know on one of the podcasts in the past he uh, was talking about his 3D printer and having all kinds of w- weird things going on with it. And uh, I was always busting his chops because Spencer got a new uh, 3D printer and uh, he has the the liquid one, whatever they call it. What do they call that? The um, Resin. Oh, the resin printer. Thank you. Uh, he got a new resin a resin printer, and so it does incredible detail. We made these really small uh, static wicks for his F sixteen, and we made some pedo tubes, and we did the, a bunch of other stuff. And it, it's really interesting to see how it works. And it's on an all in one unit. It basically you pick it out of the box, you you put your stuff in there, pour the resin in, and then just hit the start button, uh, and it goes. You do have to have uh, the software to be able to kind of make the you know, slice it up. I think they call it slicing software, right?
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Slicing software comes in a, a couple of different uh, brands or, or uses. I use a thing called Cura for my slicing so right. slicing software.
0: Right. Well, so anyway, uh, when I was in Texas, I was able to kind of, we didn't do a whole lot of 3D printing because we did mostly flying and traveling, but uh, we were able to do some 3D printing. And, and there were a couple of big projects, I think, that Jay was working on when I was there uh un, you know it was one of those things that i i was like hey why is this and i touched it and it popped up and i think i ruined one but <laughs> i learned not to touch it while it's uh actually printing yeah, that's, that's never a, no a good no. thing that's a so
2: no no yeah so uh i i've i took the plunge like I said i had a wild hair one night and i uh did some research and i ended up ordering a 3d printer and um I thought I got the easiest one to use out of the bunch, and I think you mentioned it to Spencer, and he, and he said, yeah, Jay got this easy 3D printer, and, and Spencer was like, yeah, there's no such thing as an easy 3D printer. I don't know what the heck he's talking about.
0: Right, exactly. And so uh,
2: I wish to uh, say that Spencer was right. Um, there are no easy 3D printers. I mean, there are, there are some that are more together, meaning that the manufacturer has uh, some... Good videos or things that, like that to help you out. Um, maybe a couple places for you to go, or they have software that helps you out. But um, they're all—they all have their quirks, and it's—it's it's really hard. You know, like I said, I had no, in the sense, nobody here to help me. Right. But luckily, I had a good friend of mine from New York that happened to come down, uh, and uh, he's into 3D printing, and so he was able to give me a couple of uh, good pointers, and I was able to talk to him. Uh, also a few of the, uh, of your guests that we've had before, uh, friends of yours that came on, you know, and so there was a few people that I could talk to, but really what helped me out, I went on Facebook for this particular machine that I got and there were several Facebook groups and they really helped me out because they actually, I was could talk to people from, you know, the manufacturers to people who've worked on this machine. And of course there was just a whole repertoire of history. So my, you know, my print is not sticking to the plate. What's wrong? Um, it's coming out in this gooey fashion. Uh, it came out. It is on fire. What should I do? Right. And so you'd be amazed that everybody else, you know, they, you could just go back there, do a search, and you could find pretty much what's going on, and and you can decipher what's what's happening and stuff. But um, yeah, like I said, it's been it's been a a bit of a chore. Um, I would say it's taken me about a, a full month of printing and ruined prints and crying and frustration. <laughs> um, but it was kind of like similar with you getting into the jets. You know? Right, right. It seems easy. You know, if somebody explains it. Like, you know, Spencer explains to you, hey, this is what you got to do. You know, but when you, it's not until you actually get down and get your hands dirty and right. take something apart like five times and put it back together that you go, oh, I understand what's happening now because I took this thing apart. And it was kind of the same thing. I kind of had to take my machine apart about you know half a dozen times to kind of figure out what was all going on wrong not not because you know the machine was terrible i'm kind of cursed i always get like you know those monday or friday machines you know (laughs) so everything i read about the machine this is a great machine because of xyz but i just happened to get the one that they dropped i got the one that they you know the guy didn't screw the bolt in all the way you know that type of thing so once i figured out how to Make sure the bolt's tightened, then the machine starts to work. So um, once I started getting the, the machine to start to the print, they have this thing called Thingiverse where people put their models or, or things that they create on for free for the most part. Uh, you can donate, you know, to those people that, that create these things, everything from paper clips to plastic knives to, you know, any kind of thingamajig you can think of. Sure. So... I looked up my machine, and sure enough, people were like, hey, I was having this problem, you know, X, Y, Z. And I would read about it, and i go, hey, you know, my machine's kind of doing that. And I would print out this thing, add it to my machine, and then my, then my printer started printing out better. And so I just started printing all these things out for improving my machine. And it's, it was just incredible, all the things that were out there to help make your life easier with your 3D printer. And then I finally, (laughs) yeah, kind of, kind of made me (laughs) self-aware. So finally, after getting my machine to print well, then I, I said, hey, I should try to print out something for this RC stuff. That was the whole idea, right? Sure. To print out things for the RC things. So um, I think uh, one of the things I printed out uh, for my machine was a. um, I got a new. I had uh, one of the things that we you tested while we were down here. I got a new wing, a little uh, FPV wing
0: um oh that's right it's like a little nano something or another
2: yeah yeah and so uh in fact jim has the bigger version of 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 that particular wing so um i went ahead and i printed out little guards for it they're little winglet guards and uh a little skid plate and so uh they had it out for the full version and i just resized them to fit on this version and i was able to print them out um And then it was just like one of these little things. I just started looking around. I just looked through my list or my rack of planes, and I just started typing them in. And I would just find little bits and pieces for all sorts of stuff. So, for example, uh, for the L39, um, there's a whole bunch of parts to print out for that thing, Um, such as the whole cockpit. You can print out everything for the cockpit. That's pretty cool. So um, that's one of the things I just started on. Um, but then again, um, one of the other things, uh, one of the projects that AK Mike, uh, when he was down here last with me, we were working on his FPV goggles, and we were having problems with the, um, uh, with, for people who are nearsighted, uh, uh, putting glasses in it, and we kind of mod podged this set of reading glasses in his. Well, there's a fix for that. So Jim has the same, he has the same goggles, so I went ahead and I printed out these extensions that extend your view out. So that if, you know, once again, if you're, you know, nearsighted, you can put, you know, it, what's the word? It lengthens the focal, the focal focal plane, I guess. Yeah. Focal plane. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. All the little things that, uh, you can find, uh, or make, uh, for this machine. So, um, other things that I got into. So, um, we're working on my first gas machine, right? So that was one of the things why you were down here, Mike. Yep. We were working on my first gasser. So Mike was putting it all together, figuring out things. Well, once again, it's all the other things that you don't think about. I mean, I'm a straight electric guy, so, you know, you need to have a gas tank. Right. You need to have a pumper, a filler. You know, all these little things that you don't even think about. So after Mike had left, uh, one of the things I needed to get was a little pumper, a, a gas can, this, that, and the other thing. Well, you know what they don't have for gas cans? Gas caps. Oh, no yeah. You know, you, you, it's just, you know, you get a yeah. filler tube or whatever, but you can't get, like, a solid gas cap. You can order that separately, but uh, normally they don't come with them. So, um, sure enough, I looked on Thingiverse, and there was a, a cap. I kind of just modified it slightly, and, and then I was able to print out a, a gas cap for myself. So now that when I get the, uh, the filler, the stuff, the, for the, when I, my filler comes in, I have a little top that goes on it. I just have to drill a hole, put the thing on it, zip, zap, zap. Now I have a a specified top just for that can. So it's just kind of cool. Just the things that I, that you're able to find on like Thingiverse or like 3d create and some other websites uh, that are out there. But, uh, it's, it's interesting. It's just, it, it's a little tedious to get into at first, um, to get into this. Now, of course, I almost had an Amazon moment, Mike, like you normally have. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, I was like, yeah, I sure would like to have a resin printer because (laughs) for the cockpit, for like the L39, I can print some things out, but, you know, the detail's just not there. Sure. And I just got my machine to where it's printing really good for the nozzle that I have. But I also bought a whole bunch of nozzles so I can print out really, really fine detail. I just was like, ah, I don't know if I want to take this nozzle off to put this one on, and then I have to figure out all you know read level right the bed, you have to figure, yeah, exactly yeah well anyway i'm on I'm on there, and I find somebody has a used three d printer a uh, resin printer, but mm. it, but it's not it's like it, it was like a display model, and normally they they run you know like the one that Spencer has like two fifty or so, and this they had it on sale for a hundred, ah, ah, ah. so I put a bin on it and uh and then I came to my senses. I was like, yeah, i got to finish this other plane. I don't, you know, I don't know if I want to spend my money on getting another printer. Then i got to figure that one out and get other things that I need for it. Ah, just the print out. And all I'm going to print out <laughs> is just this cockpit. You know, that's, that's the only thing I could think that I wanted to print on it. And I was like, yeah, I, I can wait on that. Right. And if I wait for like maybe another six months or another year, I bet you the price of those 3D printers are going to drop a whole bunch. Yeah, right. Or you you can just call Spencer; he's got one already. You know, once again, I I I was thinking all that, and I was just like, yeah, because I mean, I know you want an (laughs) L thirty nine cockpit, so no hey. Uh huh.
0: Yeah, it'd be nice. I want a big. I want a big L thirty nine cockpit, though. (laughs) Can you you make me a one fifth scale? Because I need that for the turbine. Just blow up the one from (laughs) that one,
2: I guess, theoretically. So. Oh,
0: absolutely! Yeah. You
2: you don't like the one you bought, Mike? That's
0: hilarious. What's that?
1: You don't like the cockpit you bought?
0: Uh the no, the L thirty nine didn't have one. It does it doesn't have the um the cockpit for the the new L thirty nine. the one the Motion R C one that I have has a cockpit, but the big turbine version doesn't. So I was looking it, for one. They really do like have the one available I could order. At? Uh that was yeah, I, I actually bought one for the F fifteen. So um Oh, that's and, and it's it was, okay. Right? I mean, it it's just a little smaller. I have to modify it. It's just a little bit yeah. small for just a drop-in. Yeah. I'd have to do some modifications. So I just haven't gotten that far. Um yeah, you know, it'll fit with all the radio trays and everything in there, but I just have to kind of get it in there. Unfortunately, my um, you know my job has changed somewhat. Uh, I did go to a new airplane, and I'm going to be flying a lot longer international, probably over – over the Pacific to China and some su- deep South America stuff. So uh, I go to training here shortly and and then, um, yeah, hopefully I'll be uh, traveling longer distances and, and doing that kind of thing for work. But uh, I haven't I've, – I've been having to study, you know, for this change, and so I haven't flown a whole lot. I did go flying with uh, Spencer and Barry not too long ago. Um, we all went out to the field, and I got to fly Spencer's new uh, MXS that he just built. So that was kind of cool. Um, and then so, I, I did have, a, so
1: Mike, when you're flying your big plane, do you like get sure. more airline miles now because you're flying?
0: <laughs> yeah. They don't give us airline miles. I do. Oh. I get airline miles. Well, I bad. mean, like I travel more miles, but I don't get, you know, I don't get points <laughs> or nothing. So, but it was a nice try. It's a good thought. So, well, uh, really quickly we, uh, decided that Jay needed at least a, a bigger airplane and, uh, we started putting his giant Acromaster together and we got most of it done. Um, I kind of had to leave, but, uh, we got, didn't get to maiden it or put anything else in it, but we, uh, well, we be, got all I the parts like put together, so like, it looks really good. Know, that's major. Yeah, it was major. He, uh, I think he kind of looked at me Pretty and went, wow, how we does this work?
2: <laughs> so I
0: he's never done it. So I was like, oh, well, let me, uh, let me help you. So I showed him how to, you know, get out the Dremel and mark it off and, you know, zip, zip and it fits Perfect now, I think, but or at least it did no, no, when no. I, I left. I don't I know what he did with it, with, with it when I left. Probably yanked it off of there and said, oh, "Okay." So, but yeah, it's uh, a couple of parts that we didn't have that we needed to actually get it started, and um, I think the uh, the biggest problem was that, you know, when you go from electric to a gas, you can run around kind of like Mike runs around with a twenty two hundred milliamp battery. Jay runs around with a DX nine, so he only needs eight or nine channels. Most of them are six channels. I think Mike's the same way. Everything you fly is six channels. When you jump up to a gas or a turbine or something that's much larger, all of a sudden nine channels or eight channels or six channels is not enough. You know, I I actually on my L-39 I have a 20 channel. (laughs) <laughs> you know, because now I've got all everything separate. That way I can get everything matched, you know, and everything uh, is working. And on the gas airplane that uh, Jay has, it's a biplane. Right. So we have four aileron servos, right? And then we have two elevator servos, which is usually not the case. One. Normally on an electric, you only have one servo uh, for the stuff that we normally fly. And then one rudder servo. So there you go. One, two, three. And, and, then, then, plus and then the throttle. That's seven and then you need a throttle servo so that's 8 well you need something else though that's too right, right? The CDI, you need an the ignition yeah. cuz we have an ibec in there that shuts off the ignition you want to put that on a switch so, now, so now you need that's 9 right there's there's 9 right I and think then something. uh you've got yeah you've got uh, something else plugged in there know. what do we plug in there i think it came
2: out to, i think we need a 10 how do we forget 10 or 11. oh
0: oh oh no right we need a gyro 10. No, well, your gyro's not. uh, You can plug the gyro in in your receiver if you want, you know, or you can just use it. Yeah, but
1: doesn't it normally need a channel to turn it on or off or whatever?
0: Uh, It depends. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but I think the other one, other thing we needed was a choke, because you can actually put the choke on a on a servo if you want. Like I think Jim has one with a choke on on a switch. But anyway, all it is is a little servo that goes forward.
1: FR Sky to the rescue. To
2: do. Correct. Dude on my yeah. spectrum. So uh, basically, right. I found out that for the Free Sky, FR Sky, um, the nice part about that is um, so, you know, most of, the, most of the, the receivers are all a channel. And I was like, well, this sucks. So I, I, I'm right back where I was. I, you know, I had a nine channel. So, what's an eight-channel receiver going to sure. do me? And then I noticed that uh, the nice part about their system is that they have S-bus and that they can go up to sixteen channels. Well, how am I supposed to use sixteen channels? I mean, I I could see where when I'm flying some sort of quad or if I'm doing a uh, an FPV plane with um, a control a control board on it and I have it doing different things or controlling cameras that I with the S-bus I can I'm able to do that, but. Just for a regular plane, I was scratching my head. And then I just happened to be looking around, uh, you know, YouTube. And lo and behold, they have these uh, S bus to uh, PWM uh, converters that can do either 8 uh, or 16 channels. And so, therefore, like, you know, why would you need an 8? Well, if you already have an 8-channel, uh, you know, receiver... Then you you know you just tell it to do S bus now you can get the eight out of it and then another eight out of a you know one of these uh, tr- you know transformers or converters. So for me, I saw that um, th- some of the receivers that I that I was using before, like I said for uh, the FPV stuff, they're tiny. Those they're teeny tiny receivers. They're full range, and uh, the ones that I was going to use were was my 900 megahertz. So they're super long range. I mean you know for flying miles and miles away. Are exactly the same price, or cheaper than a full-size receiver. So um, right. I went ahead and ordered up a couple, and they're coming on the way. And I ordered up a couple of the 16-channel uh, uh, converters are on the way, and I just kind of strapped the two together, and wham bam, I have a 16-channel you know receiver that I can go out you know five miles. So.
0: Well, I guarantee oh, you're I know, not going to be going five I'm miles on that not bigger lose, plane
2: uh, you know uh, reception on it either. That's that's mainly what I was I was going on. I'm, <laughs> that's true. I, I, there's no getting jammed out on this thing, so I'm I'm good to go.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Well, we're excited that uh, he's got that going. I know that's another project, and uh, I think he's able to um, to the point now. I think where he can Jim can help him out and. Um, you know He can try to get us started. Uh, you're coming in in the spring, you said. We've got the Electric Festival coming up in February. Uh, Shannon Gallagher reached out to me, and uh, he wants to kind of touch base with us. I think they're planning on some new stuff this year. Uh, Best in the West is uh, the Jet Rally that I went right. to last year that Spencer and uh, Barry and I did a podcast on. It's coming up next week. Uh, Spencer's and, uh, Spencer and Barry, I think, are going to go. Um, unfortunately, I'm going to be in training, so I'm not, I'm going to be out of here. Uh, special shout-out to Harry Middleton. He uh, was here um, at the Electric Festival, uh, him and uh, Big Mike. And uh, he he's going to try and go to the, the Best in the West, too. He emailed me the other day or messaged me and asked me if I was going to be there. So, uh, And speaking of Big Mike, uh, special shout-out to him, too. Uh, he actually wound up yeah, going I to the hospital uh, with some health issues. Um, we saw that uh, on our Facebook page, and we want to wish him the best and you know, tell him to get better. Uh, he did get out of the hospital and went home. I don't, you know, I I haven't seen an update yet, but, uh, we, we wish him the best and just want him to know he's in our thoughts and prayers as well. So get better, big Mike. We, I'm hoping to see you here in uh, February when you get back out to electric festival and show us your (laughs) new toys. (laughs) He always, he's always exciting and it brings new toys. And I did see a sneak peek of a very large helicopter. (laughs) So, I don't know if that's what he's bringing, but that thing was massive, and uh, Mike, it's your turn to maiden that thing, so
1: <laughs> I don't think so,
0: uh-huh, yeah, well, okay, well, we'll get somebody, maybe Spencer or somebody can maiden it for him. uh, let's see, man, our hour is up. Holy smokes. I think we caught everybody caught up after we've been gone and, uh, and back into the swing of things. I have to uh, give a special shout-out to our U.K. listeners. Uh, Craig Blake uh, reached out to us on YouTube with our uh, new YouTube channel and said, great podcast, keep it up. So we'll give him a shout-out and uh, let him know that uh, if he gets out to his flying field, give us a thumbs-up and uh, shoot us a video. If he jumps on Facebook, if you're on Facebook, that's the Park Flyer Podcast listeners group. And uh, post a picture a and uh, some of your flying activities while you're out there. So, sure. Uh, let's see. What else? If you want to know, uh, if you want us to talk about something specific or if you're uh, interested in a topic, email us at uh, parkflyerpodcast, got parkflyerpodcast.com. And uh, we can get back with you. All three of us are uh, on that email. So one of us should respond uh, relatively quickly. What else?
1: Parkflyerpodcast at gmail.com, right? Yeah. Is that what you said? That's what I
0: said. Parkflyerpodcast at okay. gmail.com. And it, it oh, actually just pushes. I'm sure I heard it right. Yeah, it, it actually pushes to, I think, all of our email systems. So I actually comes across my phone if I get something from there. Uh, what else? What am I missing? Anything? Anything else going on? Nope. No, not you can think of. Wow. Any big projects coming up? Um, what do you got, Jay? Still well, p- I, like I said, unfortunately,
2: I'm going to probably be doing some more 3D printing and learning about that. Um, like I said, it, I'm just amazed at all the the plane things for planes that are out there. I mean, I've just barely scratched the, the surface just for things that there are for your RC planes. So I'm pretty excited. The The other thing I'm kind of getting oh, yeah, into sure. is learning how to um, actually create my own projects as opposed to printing out other people's projects. So that's the, the next big thing for me is just, you know, like I said, you have your 3D slicing pr- uh, software and you also have your actual 3D, c- you know, creation pr- uh, programs. And so uh, yeah. modeling, yes. yes. It's so a 3D, modeling, I'm learn, right, what you're 3D modeling. trying to learn is Fusion 360. So um, it takes a little bit of brain power and it's uh, pretty powerful. Cool. So, you know, taking this old relic of a dinosaur and teaching him new tricks is, is <laughs> pretty interesting exactly
0: <laughs> good luck with that <laughs> yeah i know i think we've all been learning new tricks here lately so and mike anything uh, you got the airplane coming up so we'll have to hear the yeah
1: I'm gonna, I'm gonna finally put that airplane together now that i've been stalling long enough with the yeah, painting
0: i so know it's almost like you've together. been dragging your feet painting hey uh speaking of which just really quick how how do you think your painting skills have become you know since you started this project think they're better worse well, you, i'm you not learn
1: afraid more. i'm not afraid for sure of doing anything uh right. i i you know i still have design. i'm gonna have design troubles just because i don't do design mm-hmm. you know it's not part of my norm and sure. so that kind of stuff is gonna come slowly probably but uh in terms of doing it physically like it's not a big deal it just right. it just takes time you know you're gonna spend an hour or two uh for every layer that you do i right. think that's the other thing is that you know you you got to come up with schemes that are easy to tape. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Easy to, sure. And then easy to paint, you know, so you don't try to, you know, three colors is probably the max I'll ever do, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for any at this point. Cause I realized, I was like, oh crap, I got to, I got to, I got to wait. I got to wait for it to dry and I can paint the other stuff. Okay. Right. And so, really, it ended up breaking up over time. And then that kind of drags the project on. And uh, because I don't really sit, you know, I don't sit and do it for hours uh, right. straight away. One, I don't think I can. I don't think my personality allows for that.
0: No, um, your attention I, span's I, not that long,
2: it, squirrel. <laughs> I,
1: you know, whatever. I just got other stuff I want to do. Uh, yeah, uh, sure. The paramotor calls quite frequently, so that's I really gotcha. an issue as well. So. Not a problem. But other than that, uh, I think I am improving, um, and I can. You know, I can do a lot of the stuff and understand what I have to do. I've been reading a lot about airbrushing on as well, just generally sure uh, how to do certain things and so
0: well it's good everybody's learning on. new skills so that's exciting so it's um it's uh exciting uh to to be able to do some of the new stuff so that's uh that's good news well we appreciate it
1: it was worth doing yeah well good
0: i'm glad you were able to come out and uh, and see it done uh you did get something in the mail i think uh just after the yeah
1: jay sent me uh jay sent me some part uh, 3d printer parts i was like what the hell is that? And I was like (laughs) trying to figure out what it was. I thought it was a stand for my (laughs) transmitter. I was like, no, that's not it. (laughs) it? So I sent a picture. Look what I got. What is it?
0: Mm, Exactly.
1: (laughs) And uh, it's just for for my talent to have straight wings. So now I can, uh, I'll have a straight wing configuration for my talent, which will make it less, uh, is supposed to make it, or hope it make it less rocky. It used to rock, yeah, wobbly back and forth. So I'm looking forward to that possibility. So.
0: I think you got something else in the mail, too, didn't you? Have, right after Wings. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you did. I
1: totally forgot about that. Yeah, so um, I get this big old box in the mail. I was like, <laughs> what the heck is this? How did, and, and it was really funny. you know, So I got this big box, and it was kind of crushed. And I was like, oh, that's a bummer. I hope it's not a plane. Right. And it, it turns out it was a fuselage for a fundraiser. Who'd Who would have
0: thought? Who would have thought? The cool
1: part of it is... The cool part of it, it, was already painted, so I don't have to airbrush it. I can just right. use that. It's not the same uh, uh, design as our original one, and I probably could add some to it to make it match somewhat. Sure. Uh, or, or line up some of the spots, but uh, I think... Again, I think I'm done painting for a while. I'm I sure. probably need to focus on flying, fixing planes that are broken, and flying fly, and
0: flying right. some stuff. Yep, so. yeah, we want to fly it. Yeah. Well, fly, you can thank you fly. can thank yeah. Jay for that. I I uh, honestly standing there at Holly Springs. Uh, we were in the car, I think, while he was ordering that to send it to you, so you could have it before you get home. <laughs> I think he felt he felt pretty bad, so it was pretty funny though. But I'm surprised yeah, they I actually still I had it because they they've discontinued that now, discontinue, right? They discontinued the. So, they, yeah, just it's
1: discontinued as far as I know. Right,
0: yeah. Yeah. yeah, still a few yeah, parts. Yeah, you get parts
1: and stuff, mm-hmm. but yeah, you, right. can't even, you can't even buy all the parts, so I Though think, I think there's enough parts that are yes, out of stock. some of them are out of stock.
0: Right. Well, I was Which a
1: is l- a bummer because I, I really wanted to promote that plane. I like, I like it. You know, I, as much trouble as, quote-unquote, trouble we've had with it, I think from a a, a speed, uh, from, a, from a flying aspect, from a it's a great intermediate plane. Right, um, right, and it flies fast as hell, and it was it's a it's fun to fly. It looks great in the air, um, and I'm just really sad that they stopped making them. Yeah.
0: Um, but and you were, you were you were able the, to do your did. first inverted launch at the Wings Over Springs. I,
1: I did. In fact, before yeah. Jay crashed it, I was able to get an inverted launch out.
0: Yeah, I uh, I launched it inverted uh, the first time around. I think you were like, hey, show me how it's done, and then uh, you were able to do it, and it wasn't really bad, was it? It actually no, it really, really wasn't. Yeah. It was
1: it was um, uh, much easier because you don't have to use as much rudder. Right. Uh, you still had to, but I didn't even. I didn't use rudder at all, just right. to see what it would do. And as long as you don't punch it when you're flying it, uh, it won't skid longer at all. And sure. uh, I just kept pushing. I had to keep reminding myself to push the elevator forward, forward, so that it wouldn't come to the ground. And that's how I stopped myself from, uh, you know. Uh, pulling it backward because I, I would have done that. I mean, I think right. if I wasn't like consciously telling myself, push forward, push forward, push forward, and I was actually doing it too, uh, I, I I would have put that sucker right in the ground. And in uh, fact, I think it started going vertical. And so I had, I rotated around it. In, it in did. The, yeah. And then flew yeah. it from there. Yeah.
0: That was probably Jay's problem so, too. He was in his head going, pull, pull, pull. <laughs> Instead of push, push, push.
1: <laughs> well, you know, Mike, uh, I, uh, to, to speak to that, it took me a long time to learn to come out of inversion by rolling, not by pulling. And right. I don't know why uh, why that's the case. It just did. It, hmm. For whatever reason, a roll was scary uh, or something. And so I found myself doing that pull and going, "Oh God, it's going to hit the ground!" And you know, not not crashing, right. but at the same time, it's just one of those things that, to me, is not natural. Uh, even though, when you think about it, it's the best thing you could do when you're inverted. Sure, sure. it, or you to don't roll. know where you are. It's better to, instead of pulling up. It's just roll it, just try to see where the wings are, so you can figure Correct. out what's going on. Yeah, right, that's true. Yep. I've, I've done that before too. It's inverted, and and I can't really tell because it's too far away or whatever. And I pull the stick forward. Bad mistake because if you're, you could get yourself in a bad position. Yeah. So, I, for me, it's just for now. I just roll it, and then oh look, it's rolling right. Okay, great. This is right. the direction I'm going
0: in. Well, that's the prudent so. thing to do, trust me. So. Yeah. But it does take a little bit of programming your brain to be able to re- you know to think about it that way. Because you're pushing and rolling, Surely, and I then s- you know it's it's different.
1: So. And in panic situations, I've still pulled. So, so I, you know, I know. That's pretty know that's
0: common. Why. I will tell you, even in the real aircraft world, flying aerobatics people do that all the time. If I get them upside down, they want to pull through. They don't want to roll up right. So... It's very difficult to reprogram your brain, not to just go, oh, the horizon's behind me. I better pull towards it, you know, as opposed to push, and then roll upright. So, well, man, our hour is up. We appreciate all you listeners. Uh, Make sure you reach out and uh, send us a note on YouTube, or uh, we'll try to put some more videos up there. And then uh, reach out the email and let us know uh, what you think. And if you're on Facebook, join our Facebook listeners page uh, at the... um, park flyer podcast listeners group so guys it's been a great time catching up with you and i guess we'll see you in two weeks huh so michael from arizona
2: jay from the hills of texas
1: and AK mike in texas
0: we'll see you in two weeks that's flat
1: you have been listening to the park flyer podcast
0: thank you for joining us and we look forward to your next visit please give our show a star rating every week, and feel free to email us your questions topics or suggestions to Podcast at
1: gmail.com